Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Managing Partners Podcast. I'm Kevin Daisy, and I'm your host. As always, looking for great guests all around the country and the world to bring you the best value. I get value from this as well, learning right alongside of you as we talk to our guests here. Today, I have a guest coming in from California. Rick Watson has an awesome background. I'm excited for him to share what he knows and how he helps firms like yours. Uh, So, Rick, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you, Kevin. I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Excellent. Well, I always like to start out by uh, giving people your web address because I want to make sure that they can go check you out if they're listening mm-hmm. to this live on LinkedIn or wherever they may be. Uh, but you can go to nrnamerica.com. That's nrnamerica.com. And Rick, why don't you tell us what that, that stands for? National Referral Network. So we have a number of companies, but one of them, the National Referral Network, helps connect. I like to think of it as like an Angie's list. For professionals, so for professional advice givers, so it'd be attorneys, accountants, business brokers, business coaches. It's that professional element. Um, marketing would be there as well. Awesome, I love it. Okay, well, we'll dive more into that here in just a bit. But I uh, always like to get you to introduce yourself. So tell us, tell us your background. You know how you got where you're at, and uh, excited to learn more. So I started out in the sales side and, uh, well, I was in research, then I went into sales and I just, my, one day my dad called me and said, Hey, I think that you should look at this insurance business. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) What I loved about that side of it was it's just there. It's such an interesting world where you can invent who you are. And so we grew that it turned into an investment management business that, uh, Currently today manages about a half a billion dollars. Uh, there's that's that, and then I've got a family and and I race horses uh, as a hobby. Wow. So I didn't know that. So I'm learning stuff about you. We, me and Rick have talked, of course, before. Every guest I have on, I, I chat with prior and get to know him a little bit better. So that's excellent. So so let's talk a little bit about. So one of the things I think stood out to me, I was reading Rick's bio, and just he sent me some stuff about him and. Uh, also about his book, which we'll talk about here in a bit too. But one of the things he he mentioned in his bio, which stuck out above everything else that I thought was different, was that you know building a strong firm, growing a strong firm, it should get easier to run, not harder. And the reason that hit me is because I see a lot of folks and attorneys for sure that have literally like. Literally, they want to hire us for marketing and they're like, but I don't want to go crazy. I don't want to get big. I don't want to get, I want to stay small. And I think they literally think the bigger I get, the more work, the more, you know, the more obligations I have, the more responsibilities I have, and it's going to get harder and harder and harder. And what Rick has said in his bio is that that's completely backwards from what you should be thinking if it's built properly, um, which I think is a harder a hard, harder thing to accomplish, but but I really like that. So maybe speak to that. I think that that right there would be good for our listeners. 
to, to hear. I, I think it's an interesting point. I, I make a whole distinction in the book between good growth and bad growth. And, you know, not all growth is the same. And so if you have a lot of bad growth, and a perfect example of this, I, I came across an investment management firm, but it's not that different, which is the premise of the book, that investment management and law and accounting, they all share really similar problems. So, but this practice had a thousand clients and they were doing, and the way their practice worked, they were seeing uh, clients 12 hours a day, six days a week. I mean, that is crazy, right? It was, it was running yeah. them, not the other way around. And wow. we've run a practice that's roughly five times, five times larger. And, you know, I have days off. Uh, I usually take Fridays off, <laughs> usually Thursday afternoons. So, um, you know, it's the difference between running it properly and not. And I, I think if you're not running the business and it's running you, that's the, the biggest thing. So, and it's, yeah, the, so, it's the art of ability to delegate and all that stuff. So uh, if you're watching all the video, obviously I just threw a book up that's kind of blocking me and Rick right now. Uh, but this is the book uh, that he's talking about, A Firm Worth Building. So if you're driving right now in your car or listening on audio, uh, you can look for A Firm Worth Building. If you Google that, it comes right up on Amazon, you can look on it uh, for it there. But so yeah, I think I, I think the biggest issue again, when I what I everyone likes to talk about building a business properly. And we talk about that on this podcast a lot processes and systems and blah, blah, blah. But I think the mindset is the big difference is what but again, what you said, and you're right up there, which is, even if I'm okay with building a business, and a lot of my guests are because that's why they're on this show. But I still think they're thinking, well, it's going to be hard and it's going to get harder, but I'm okay with that. Let's go. Let's roll. And they're, they're, they're that kind of personality type. And I think the other side, I don't want to grow because I don't want to have all that. I want to be small, make enough money, and that's, that's it. And so I think the, the difference here is we're saying, hey, you know, you can have all that growth and it should be easier and you should have more time. And I think that's something that uh, I don't see as often with people. Yeah, it's you need to stop. If, if you're going to do that, you have to stop and think about what's your business about? Or am I am I going to try to be everything to everybody? Because that's part of the problem, right? The more focused you can get that, the better. Then what team am I going to build? How am I going to motivate that team? Those are really important things. Uh, value proposition. Have I defined it really cleanly? So all of that is in the book, but it the, the basic idea there is, you, if you organize it properly, if you build it well, then you're not, it's not running you. And I think that the problem with a lot of law firms is that they run like little fiefdoms, right? <laughs> Do this. Cause I, why? Cause I said so. Right. And they don't, there's no like larger purpose. If we swapped you out for a new CEO, would the business run the same? And probably it wouldn't because somebody else would be in charge and it'd be a new king in charge. Right. And I mm -hmm. think the really well-run businesses, those things, you swap the, the guy out, the, 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 the person out, and you end up with the same feel about it, right? It, it still has the same design because we, because we built it in a certain way. It's the culture of the firm and the whole bit. If, you, if, if I say culture, what's the culture of your firm? And you don't know what I'm talking about. That's part of the problem, right? Because there is no culture. It's just made up every day. Off the I was, I was really going to say the biggest thing out of the list of things that you're like, yeah, these are things I cover and things that cover in the book. 
it, it's culture. So if you're going to try to build something strong and something that's uh, you're not needed, like you can step out or interchange people, like you're saying, if you don't have good culture, none of that's going to work out because no one cares. Mm-hmm. And so when you take your eye off the ball or step aside or go on vacation, no one there cares. They're not there for nothing but a paycheck. It all goes to crap because at the end of the day, it's not their problem. Right. And so you have to have a culture that identifies that person to be switched out because they know as a team that a person's not right or they're not doing the right job or they're a, a terrorist, if you want to call them, someone that's doing damage to the team or the, the culture. Yeah. And they know they can replace that person, you know, have the same outcomes, hopefully better than what they were getting before. And that's just going to happen. But if you don't have the culture, you know, I used to be so worried when we had to let someone go or someone left of what my whole team would think. You know, what if someone else leaves because they're worried about what's happening? Well, that doesn't happen anymore. Now it's like, hey, this person's gone because of X, Y, Z. And they're like, yep, we knew that. We we saw that coming. And they they embrace that and say, great, we got someone new that we all spent time and effort to find an interview and we're excited about this new person and and now we can do this right. But without yeah, good culture, that's gonna happen. I agree with you. I think that whole idea of drive I want my employees to drive the bad people out. Really? <laughs> like they come to me, we need to get rid of them. <laughs> and here's why. Yeah. Isn't right? that great when and, that happens? And it's and I think it, the other thing is having a really good it's not looking for shining stars. What I'm looking for is team players. That's where a team really starts to come together. And I, the one way to figure out whether you've got this is start not showing up for work and see what happens to your company. <laughs> right. I mean, you purposely pull yourself out of your company. Like you take Friday afternoons off. That sounds like fun. Well, does the company still produce when you're not there? Because that's, that's the whole point of running a business. Well, so with yeah. attorneys, the problem is, is they're billing, right? So they're like, well, then I'm not doing billings anymore. Well, there's a hundred thing. Then there's a hundred other things that are driving those billings. Are those things still happening? Hey there, this is Kevin Daisy, your host and founder of Array Digital. If you're tired of wasting money with agencies that just can't get it done, then please check out my law firm, digital marketing agency at ArrayDigital.com. If you contact us there, you'll be sure to line up a meeting with me where we'll walk through your exact situation and come up with a plan for what you can do to improve your marketing results. I look forward to talking to you. Now back to the show. Sure. And then as you know, as an attorney, I know a lot of attorneys that they, they pick and choose a couple cases they want to work on. And they are not billing nowhere near the hours they, they used to. And so they've replaced themselves, but they still might want to dabble. They're still an attorney. You know, they still like doing the work. And most of us, we start as the technician. We start as the person that likes to do the work. And then all of a sudden we run a business. And then we're like, wait a minute. I just wanted to do the work. <laughs> so, you know, I've seen, you know, some attorneys are like, I don't even want to be an attorney anymore. I'm out. I just want to run it and work on it. And that's, that's great. But that's many great. Like that's stay. rare. I would say it's the opposite usually is the problem. They keep yeah. the attorney part keeps getting in the way of running the business well and the running the business well becomes uh, as a much lower priority. 
I mean, imagine if uh, I like, you know, I like to build fences for people's backyards. Well, if I built every fence, I'm never growing the business uh, beyond my own capability. I'm like, well, I got to build a fence because I'm the best at it and I don't want anyone else touching it. Well, then I can only do a fence a week, maybe. Right. So it's, uh, you know, you got to get out of your own way at some point. So, uh, well, I wanted to, I wanted to talk um, about the referral uh, network. I would like to learn more and have the audience learn more about that. And again, that's uh, nrnamerica.com. So you kind of did like an Angie's List uh, explanation there. But if one of the firms that's listening right now or one of the attorneys listening right now goes there, what what can they expect and how can they use that and, and utilize so it? We help them to grow, run better, and create a, a really great exit. So those are the three things that NRN's about. It's a combination of two things. It's coaching and the coaching part of it just came as an afterthought. It was, it wasn't where we were trying to go. The problem is we kept running into firms. We we're pretty messed up. So we ended up doing quite a bit of coaching to get there, um, to get them the right people to work with. But the idea behind it is to get, uh, the problem is, no, sorry, the problem that exists for almost all professionals is they don't play well together. They all want to be in charge. They all want to not lose client control. And so what they end up doing is degrading the other professionals around them. In the National Referral Network, what we do is we vet them. Then we make sure they're playing nice in the sandbox. We even do like a mastermind group um, to try to get them to play together nice. And so that they trust each other. And then we control it in a sense so that if somebody's not doing a great job or not playing nice in the sandbox, we can kick them out. And the idea is just that you could, rather than having, like, I've got that guy down the street, but I don't have somebody in Texas. I don't have somebody in Nebraska. So if my client goes there, my little world is just local. The National Referral Network is a center of influence concept blown out across a national level. And the power that ends up giving you is the ability to touch somebody anywhere. Right. I need I need an accountant in in um, New York City. I can do that. And I don't have anybody else there, but, you know, I can just touch that and, and ha make that happen. And so you became a problem solver, not your specialty on the shingle. Right. So if you're a, an estate planning firm, but the guy says, well, I need personal personal injury. I, I got that. Right. It's sort yeah. of like a family office concept on a digital level. Anyway, I don't know. Yeah. If I'm going on too I mean, long and that's about service that. to your to your cost to your client there, you know. And this happens to me all the time too. Hey, who do you all use for your accounting? Who do you all use for your uh, business? You know, just because you're a uh, attorney doesn't mean you do business law and contracts. Or yeah, who do you recommend because a Ray Digital is not a fit for us? Maybe we can't afford yeah. you, or maybe they want something else that we don't do. Um, I try to keep a, a spreadsheet, a running list of people I can refer people to. But like you're saying, it doesn't really extend past, you know, somewhat my local network, unless it's attorneys, because I know attorneys all around the country. But beyond that, it's really difficult to go past my local network. Yeah. So. And then to get them to play nice in the sandbox, right? Because it, it, the team is so much more powerful than the individual. So if you have a team of, look, I can, I, I can, yes, we specialize in estate planning, but we can help you with your, for all this other stuff, right? It, we use the expression, we back a Costco up to your shoe store and surround your, 
your shoe store with a with a Costco. So if they need anything else, you got that too. And that's yeah. a much more powerful story to tell because I, I just think that if all you're doing is law, I think your story is weakening in the future, right? I think that what people are expecting is, no, 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 I don't want to have to go here, then go here, then go mm -hmm. here. I want one group to take, and I want them all talking to each other. Yeah, no, I, that's a good point. And I think, um, you know, to for a law firm or a lawyer to establish a real referral partnership, they probably takes time, trust, and that, that probably is a really slow process. And of course, if I went to an attorney right now and said, hey, my mom lives in Washington state and she's got a personal injury case, who do you know? And they're going to be like, oh, Washington, I, that's across the country. I have no, you know, I don't know anybody out there uh, versus being able to say, hey, I got you. I can I can get you somebody. Give me give me uh, to the end of the day. I'll get you a name. Um, that's powerful, you know, and that's going to end up being more referrals for your your firm from that. Well, it's, it's more than that because we're going to put that person. So the person you refer them to works for you. in In the client's mind, they're your back office. Okay, not I'm sending you over to this other firm that's going to do whatever they're going to do. Right? It's it's mm. it's part of your team at the end of the day and i think that's that's also powerful we want to and and so that person says you know what we want to do this but let's check back with so and so because that's the person who brought you in that's not what they're going to say but they're going to say let's <laughs> you know they're going to elevate the introducing person if that makes sense there yeah if everyone came to me i had a referral for them every time they'd be like wow kevin Kevin's the guy. He's he's got yeah. everybody in his back pocket. <laughs> so that's right. That's right. I was actually I we have I have an estate planning attorney that's a, a client of ours, and I was I actually the local too, which you know not a lot of our clients are local. But I went and I saw him outside of his office for some networking event that I was at separate, and so I went and just said hi and uh, I said hey by the way, you know we're looking at, at changing you know our CPA firm. He's like well I'm a tax attorney. I was like, oh, I didn't even know you're a tax attorney, but they do estate planning. And I was like, well, who does your accounting or do you guys do it yourself? He's like, no, we use a firm, uh, even though I'm a tax attorney and we understand all that stuff, we still use a firm, do our own stuff. And so his recommendation was pretty strong because I'm like, well, crap, if they if they trust right. him, then I must must be a good referral. But, you know, it's those situations like that where, you know, I went to him and asked him and he's a client who has to be a law firm. I'm asking for a CPA firm, but it's that professional network that you, I think people just, all right, I bet my CPA knows a good business attorney and vice versa. Uh, but as does it expand past that local? I think that's pretty powerful if you can do that. I think it also uh, the ability for stuff to come back to you. So you send, you take care of someone's cousin in Nebraska. You know, what's weird about it is that cousin then sends something back to Atlanta, right? I mean, it's just weird the way that works. I think the other thing that to keep mm -hmm. in mind is that there is definitely in this equation, it doesn't apply in all situations and there's laws and all, you know, whatever, but there are, it, there is the potential for revenue sharing that exists in that world as well, right? And I know that a lot of folks that we work with in firms across the country, you know, I told you we have two companies, so or more than two, but two uh, protection point advisors does a lot of, you know, of sending back of revenue streams to law firms. Again, varies depending on the area you're at, but um, that revenue sharing can exist where it's working. So it's kind of a cool, 
another solution that's out there. Well, sure. I mean, obviously, you know, one thing is you're giving your client a referral, puts you in a better place and helps them, which could lead to more referrals. Um, and then the chance of a rev share and all that stuff as well. So it's, uh, that's pretty, pretty awesome. And then it's funny because every once in a while, I'll have an attorney reach out to me and say, Hey, do you guys have a client that does personal injury in this state? And I'll be like, yeah, cool. I got a case that I can't service. I can refer to them. Can you connect us? And they get referrals. I don't get any money in there, of course. Um, But for them, they, you know, that's a referral split there. So uh, I'm happy to do that. It doesn't happen very often, but it's also kind of an anomaly. I think like, wow, that's, I'm surprised that they asked me to connect them with a, a firm in some other state. So I, I, think I can see how connected. that would be hugely beneficial. Yeah, I think if if they if they see you as being really connected, then they're going to bring you other things, right? So in other words, if you're as you said earlier, if you're the guy, right, who seems to always know, then that's they're just keep it creates this stream that gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and some of that stuff ends up being things that you can make money on, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And for me, I just, all I want is a referral to a, a, an attorney that needs help with marketing. So, right. and then that I'm, I'm, you know, it comes in that, in that, that same attorney I mentioned, just referred us a firm in uh, his same yeah. state. Uh, so, you know, just, I've helped him refer two or three cases to other attorneys. You know, I, I wasn't trying to get nothing from it, of course. No, I, so I, I think that's awesome, Rick. Uh, so I definitely want to learn more about it myself as well. I want to go back to the book as well, because I want people to go check out the book. I want to know what they can really pick up from it. What's actionable that the audience here, if they get that book, they read that book, what, you know, what's really going to help them and, you know, give us some takeaways on that. There's a lot in there, but there's one thing I would point out. There's a few things that we do. We do uh, an idea called trust compression. So it's the idea to speed up how fast you're connecting with somebody. Okay. So we have ways of doing that. It turns out that humans don't make connections based on the length of interactions, but the number of interactions. So you'll see the way we divide up our appointments with the way we do our appointments, particularly in in digital world is very short, frequent, short visits. And I'll get two years worth of experience with somebody in two weeks. And it's the way for our firm to onboard significant amounts of money with someone they've never met which I think is a trip. And the other thing that we use is this idea called, I'm sorry. I've never heard of that before. That's awesome. Yeah, we do that all the time. (laughs) And then the other way we do it is edification. So edification is so important in there, which you basically are, are speaking well of other people constantly. So if I introduce somebody to my staff, you want to be able to delegate well, you build up your staff person that you're going to delegate to and in front of somebody so that they feel comfortable working with that person. So like, for example, a client, you say, well, when we introduce somebody to our staff, who's going to take care of their transfers or whatever we do, the mechanics of what needs to happen, we do a conference call with them and then we'll tell a story about them. We'll make them look like a badass. Then that person's (laughs) happy as a clam. They're not going to call me again. They're going to call them because they're you know, you've got to build the people up around you. That's true for other professionals. If I'm going to bring an accountant into the equation, I can't say, here's the accountant. Here's my marketing guy, right? Well, great. You've just, 
you've just uh, made commoditize me with all the other marketing guys. What I should say is Kevin is freaking a genius. He's like some sort of magician of what he does. And I just want, you know, the way you describe it is how they're going to come to that person and how open they are to them. And so that's edification. And there's a whole section of that in the book. So yeah, it's all, it's all. I mean, so those are like two things right there that I've not really, I've read a lot of books and we follow a lot of stuff. I recommend a lot of stuff on this show. And that's two things that I haven't really familiarized myself with. So I'm, I'm interested to, to read this book myself. And that's interesting too, because that's exactly part of my sales process. So if you're a client out there, I don't want them to want to work with me. And sometimes I get clients who are like, Kevin, we want you on all the meetings. We want, I'm like, no, 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 no. My team is insanely smarter than me. You want them. And I talk them up, but not because, you know, I just generally like, hey, if you want to get to my team, you have to become a client. I'm just here to get you in front of them. And so, but I never heard the the term that you just mentioned, edification. But that's what I try to do because I got to get out of, out of being their best friend and their their person that they go to. That transfers to my team and I have to make sure that that transfer happens. So I've more used it for making sure they go to the team, copy them, email them, call them, not me, right? But what it's done is it's built them up to where the client doesn't want to talk to me. And that's that's my goal. But Perfect. 90% of my conversations should not be with my clients. They should be with 90% of those conversations should be my staff, right? But I feel Which like I've more stumbled it. upon it versus like you're saying, here's how you do it, you know? Perfect. <laughs> Maybe I can improve some stuff, but, and that's just something I did out of like, you know, talking with my, uh, my higher, my leadership team, like I got to start figuring out how I make sure the client, you know, wants to go to my team. Right. Your firm's Um, worth more if you do that. Right. Because like, if, if it's all about you, so let's just take a law firm, your law firm's worth more. If people keep coming to your law firm because of the team, right. If you're the superstar, and you and that superstar leaves what relevance does it have anymore right so you it's in your interest to we said something to our advisors today which is a, a great phrase is i'm not the smartest person in the room this is really hard for attorneys to do i'm not the smartest person in the room but i'm surrounded by the smartest people and they're my team that is hard to do but when you do that you can leave. That's that whole way we started out in the very beginning. I, I want to be able to leave at some point. You can leave and you're still, people are still excited to be there. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, instead of being like this, the boss is leaving type of thing. And, you know, it's, they should be excited you're leaving. They should be excited that they have the, you know, the wherewithal and the, you know, they're growing in their, their career. Right. And so they want you to leave and you want to leave and it's a good thing. It's not this tension thing or a big brother. We got to track you and make sure I can leave and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So if back to the culture, if you have the right culture, they're going to be like, Hey, take off. You know, we got this, you know, we're excited. We're hiring new people and you're not necessarily to be part of that. Right. We got this. Um, That's the kind of team you're going to want for sure. Yeah. Super important. You have to empower people around you. Uh, Henry Ford, back in the day, he had like switches on his desk to call different people. And if you read the book, um, Think and Grow Rich, they 
they recap the story. But it's basically he was being questioned in a court for being ignorant and not smart, book smart. And he basically was getting questioned on stand about all this different, just random, random history and book smart stuff. And he's like, listen, I don't need to know any of this stuff because I have people around me that I hire that know all that stuff. So if I need to answer a question, I can get the answer for you. But I don't need to answer your questions now because they're pointless, basically. <laughs> but anyway, good story in that book. But he surrounded himself with very smart people and let them do what they need to do. That's great. Yeah. No, I agree with that 100%. <laughs> so a firm worth building, definitely a book I'm going to be putting on my list. i got a book that I'm finishing right now called Hyperfocus, which I'm finishing up. And this is going to be next on my list. So I'm excited to, to uh, get that. So, Rick, if someone goes and checks out the Refill Network, what's the process? Do they sign up? Do they reach out to someone on your team? What What does that look like if they want to get involved? We, in it? Typically, it's really easy to set up a membership. You just uh, you can set up a free membership. And if you'd like, you can contact us. We'll, we can show you some of the other layers of opportunities that exist. I think the best membership uh, layer that we've got right now is the uh, premier member. And so, you know, what you get from a value standpoint, you get ranked earlier, you get more content, more help with staying. So I think you go on there, you check out membership. That's a really easy. And the other thing I think is really cool is that you can uh, find a pro, check that out, right? Could, you know, you go, oh, this is crazy. I want to be ranked in here, right? And we let you post your content in there. You can, you can. Uh, it's constantly popping up with with whoever's posting content. So, uh, pretty cool setup. I, I would just say check it out. Okay, excellent. Well, that's uh, nrnamerica.com. And I want to say the book is actually promoted there too, and it it comes up as the pop up. <clears throat> so, if you can't find the book, you can also check it out there on the website. But nrnamerica.com. And Rick, I, I really do appreciate it. I think, uh, again, two topics that I haven't really heard in the way that you've described them and uh, uh, the book, yeah, any book you pick up, if you can take away one thing, it's worth the time. And it sounds like there's two good things in there for me. And I'm sure there's plenty more too. So at least we yeah, only, it, there's 29, there's 29 lessons and uh, we only talked about two. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I want to have you on to have more discussions than, um, but I appreciate sharing what you, uh, what you know and what you do and how you help attorneys. And, uh, Rick, what's the best way for them to connect with you personally? If they want to reach out, is it, is it LinkedIn? Is there any other yeah, way? I mean, I think, share? I think you LinkedIn's always great, but you know, you can always just email me Rick at protectionpointadvisors.com or Rick at nrnamerica.com. Um, that's, you know, I'm happy. And if you guys have got a question, you just like, I just want to pick your brain on something, right? You didn't even bought the book. I don't care. Sure. You just have a question. Just reach out. I would love to talk to people. I think that you never know where stuff leads and uh, I always want to be connected to people. So I agree with that. And uh, if you're seeing this on YouTube or LinkedIn or Facebook or wherever, put a comment in the question or the you know, question in the comments. We will see it. I can connect Rick with it if it's a question for him. You can tag Rick if it's on LinkedIn or somewhere like that too. Uh, or if you want to get a hold of Rick and you don't know how to, or you didn't write any of that down, then uh, let me know and I'll connect you. So 
uh, that's what this is all about, connecting people. Similar to your referral network, but it's if I can get attorneys connect with other attorneys or my guests, then uh, that's definitely my goal. So please reach out to either one of us and, and we'll we'll take care of it. So, well, Rick, anything else you want to share before we go? No, I, I just really appreciate you having me here and uh, love, uh, love being here. Excellent. Well, again, it was great having you. What's one final tip that you would give an attorney running their own firm right now? That's maybe, maybe they're not quite in that growth mode. Maybe they haven't decided what they want to do. There's a whole section of the book I, I think is interesting, which is, do you want to be a business owner or not? You know, should you be working for somebody else or should you be working for yourself? And I think if you haven't really even answered that, if you just opened up your shingle and then you thought it was going to be the same as when you were working for that other firm, well, it's not. And you have a different set of responsibilities and you have to come to terms with that, right? Is that who you want to be? And I, I think that if you can, you know, knowing yourself, know thyself is, is super good advice. And so maybe that's a good point. To, point to I think that's with. awesome. I think that's a good smack in the face for people listening right now. Sorry about they're that. Like, oh man, I haven't answered that question. And now they're sitting there going, Whew, I don't know, yeah. maybe not, or maybe so, but uh good question, Rick. I, I like that. So uh, anyway, check out the book. It sounds like it covers some of those things and uh, know thyself. That's great. So Rick, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you soon. Rick, you can stay on with me. We'll talk backstage. Thank you for tuning in. We'll bring you better episodes and more episodes coming soon. So stick around. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We have been producing this podcast for years, have had hundreds of guests, and produced hundreds of episodes. We don't ask for much, but I do have one ask. If you find value in this podcast, please share it with one person just like you. The best way to do that is to send them to ArrayDigital.com where we have a full library of all the episodes that they can sort by practice area and or state. So again, we appreciate you listening and thanks for sharing.